Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. publisher of Spirit Seeker magazine that has been published for 17 years and um, it's just amazing when I when I hear that number because it feels like just yesterday I was in Sedona Arizona pregnant with my son who is now a very um, he's a teenager <laughs> let's just say that and say no more and I'm just was just thinking how blessed um, I am to have had a, this third child at age 42 who has just brought magic uh, to my life. So um, I was in Sedona meditating on Bell Rock, and I heard start the magazine and have it in place before the child is born. And uh, I said, excuse me, a little more information, please. And it was just complete quiet while looking over the canyons and just realizing that my life was about to change. At that time, we had a newsletter that had over 2,000 readers, and I knew, I knew Spirit was asking me to take it to the next level. So since then, Spirit Seeker has uh, been published in St. Louis. We migrated to Kansas City four years ago. Chicago two years ago. We've been published online for, I think, let's see, 14 of the uh, years that it's been in print um, as the larger magazine. So I'm just grateful for all the supporters, all the readers, the advertisers who make it possible, um, the radio show that's reaching more and more people, and we know you're listening, so thank you so much. All right, now, without further ado, we're going to jump right into this interview. Um, it is my divine pleasure to bring Charles Virtue, who has been raised in a family that is um, very gifted. And I've met his mother a number of times. I've studied with her. I've interviewed her. But here we go, the next generation of um, a guide to help us understand what is going on with the angels, why so many people are being drawn to them, on and on. So, Charles, welcome. Welcome to uh, the Spirit Seeker Radio Show. Well, thank you so much for having me, Cindy. It's absolutely a pleasure. I, I'm actually a fan of Spirit Seeker, so this is a true honor for me. Oh, that's that's perfect. I, I wondered if you'd read it, but you know, your your mother has been wonderful. She, um, well, she just has helped so many. And then, you know, when I heard that you were coming to Kansas City in May, I thought, oh my gosh, this is fabulous, and you look so much like her. It's just, <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, you're, you know, you know how beautiful your mother is. You're the the brunette version of your beautiful mother. And, uh, so, oh, so, so, you know, just truly, let's just hear, you know, how your childhood was, because, you know, at one point, I know your mother was a psychotherapist with a weight loss radio show. And, you know, I don't know what, where you were, you know, with memories at that point. But then, you know, of course, everything exploded when she started actually talking about these angels who had been communicating with her. So, so let's just hear what it was like to be in this household and how your, your own, own um, you know, gifts developed with having a, a mother like your mother. Yeah, well, God, um, as you could probably imagine, I've had uh, quite a lifetime of spiritual influence <laughs> to my mother. <laughs> Um, she was definitely closeted for many years. Um, I started hearing about the angels. My brother and I started hearing about the angels long before she went public with it. And it was considered semi-taboo in the little churches and the little groups that we would go to, you know, were very small. And it wasn't as if it was an underground movement per se. It just wasn't as widely accepted, nor was it as widely understood by the believers or by my mother uh, herself. Um, my mother, as a lot of people who, you know, read a lot of her books, know that she was raised in a Christian science household. So the aspect of, of energy and healing um, and the aspect of working with God, you know, in a real positive tone was something that's always been quite familiar with her. And it was something that she shared with me uh, from an early age. But what's not so well documented um, pertaining to my uh, experience in that is that um, my mother and my birth father were, were divorced when I was two years old. And I basically spent, and um, here's a little trivia question. What was my mother's first book? We'll put that out there. <laughs> um, oh, 
And so uh, everyone's Googling now. It's called, it was called um, My Kids Don't Live With Me Anymore. <laughs> and it was about the custody battle that my brother and I were in for basically um, 15 years. It just never ended. Neither my mo- mother nor my father wanted to give up on this. And so that resulted in, um, from, for myself, from the age of two till about 17 and a half, uh, constantly moving back and forth, living one or two years with my mother, one or two years with my father. And it actually gave me quite a, a polarized upbringing because my father and his side of the family are very strictly Catholic. So um, I had a very equal um, experience, I guess you would say, growing up to spirituality and to Catholicism. I went to Catholic school. I'm baptized. I've taken my communion. Uh, still have my rosary. And, you know, it was it was interesting because... Uh, you know, I've always been a thinker. That doesn't mean I'm saying I'm smart, but I've always thought a lot. And <laughs> and so uh, analyzing both uh, lifestyles, both ways of, of having this relationship with God, I, I, there was pieces that I liked about both. I liked that the, the Catholic was established and widely accepted and it was open and there wasn't, um, there was nothing considered taboo about it. However, I always felt a little bothered that the way that the Bible, or at least the way that the Bible is read to us, it, it, God and the angels and, and everything about heaven seems so detached. And I felt like I was just one tiny thing in this, in this huge, huge, huge ocean of beings. And, and it just it really took away my ability that, um, to make me feel like I really be- deserved the happiness that my mother always told me. So, I, I, you know, I'd spend one or two years you know, going to church and asking for forgiveness and, you know, going through the rituals of Catholicism. And then I'd spend one or two years hearing my mother say, ask the angels for anything you want. God loves you no matter what. And it felt great, but uh, I I just wasn't sure. And you can imagine, you know, from an impressionable child, you know, really knowing that, always knowing that there was a God, always able to, I was always able to feel and connect to the higher power and, um, but it's just not knowing the correct way to worship God. I, I was put in a place where I, I call it kind of spiritual paralysis, where I just decided to just sit and wait for something to make sense to me because thinking about it and asking questions only got me in trouble. <laughs> um, well, I understand. And, you know, the, with your mother, it was probably just open, you know, as big as you want to, you know, vision or dream and connect. And then, you know, the Catholic Church gives you the rituals and the daily um, practices that support, you know, um, faith, so to speak. Exactly, yeah. And so there were times where I would struggle where I felt like my mother's stance was a little irresponsible because it lacked the ritual, you know, because humans adapt to rituals, you know, if we're impressed by it so much. And I think that's a lot of the draw of some more established and older religions. And it wasn't until, um, you know, I went through some experiences in my life where, I, I, I was just really needing that connection with God. I was really needing guidance that I took the chance to just open up and ask the angels and say, look, if you're real, you know, I've, I've experimented in talking with you before, but this is the first time I'm, I'm holding myself completely open and surrender here and saying, I, I'm open to this, this promise that God wants us to live happy lives that, you know, my mother has always told me that every human on earth has a purpose. And it sounded so overwhelming to me but I finally just said, angels, I'm, I'm open to seeing if this also applies to my life. And that's the interesting thing about the angels is that it, it coincides with what we're taught in traditional religion about the God-given free will that we have. That, you know, the angels, they're, they're the messengers of heaven, they're the voice of heaven. And it can seem so, so obscure to think about it from the surface. But when you really get into it, you realize that all the angels are, are the voice of God that's meant to be approachable and and give us the ability to interact with the power and the guidance of heaven in, in our daily life and our daily energy because you know we're humans and we're not you know try as we might we're going to have emotions we're going to have up days and we're going to have down days and the angels teach us that you know we, we're meant to be human we're meant to go through this experience but we're not meant to have as much uh, negativity you know and unfortunate circumstances as we've grown to believe throughout human experience right and and you know we all know it's a wonderful life with jimmy stewart and clarence you know the the angel that um you know and also you know the angel of christmas past from you know charles dickens you know um 
uh, what is it, um, the, you know, the, the play with Scrooge and everything else, and you know how the yeah. angel of the future, and you know, so it's in, it's in there. But I, I just feel like in the last few years, more than ever, people, especially with people um, not as um, hypnotically magnetized to traditional religion, shall we say, and looking for more, that people are like, maybe I can talk to the angels. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, and I just think people are searching more than ever right now. They really are, because that was the thing that bothered me, is I would hear all about angels in the Catholic Church, but I would, I would always wonder why... Why those people thousands of years ago, what's wrong with society now? Why don't we have the same level of interaction? I mean, have the angels gone on vacation? These are questions I would ask myself as a child. (laughs) And it makes sense. You know, I I don't like to, you know, well, maybe I do. Let me correct that. I used to think I don't like to get into conspiracy theories, but the more that I I think about it all, the more I kind of am forced into a a conspiracy theory corner that I, I truly believe that we were, denied the knowledge of the power of working with angels so that we could be controlled for a long time. And now that I've, I've had this amazing, amazing, blessed, you know, opportunity to work with people and work with them connecting with the angels, uh, it's just proven to me time and time again, you know, the, the transformation in my own life, just in my day-to-day energy, I mean, not even just my career and my, you know, my level of fulfillment from living my purpose, just who I am in general. I mean, my childhood uh, wasn't easy. And so my ability to cope with that and my ability to understand and forgive and release and just become a lighter person is just phenomenal. I mean, no level of, of any other traditional form of releasing and healing has ever worked for me, ever given me such profound... Um, deep-rooted results that I truly feel that I've gotten in working with the angels. It's a, it's a miracle and a blessing. Well, and you know, you know, people sometimes will say, well, what's the difference between an angel and an archangel? And what's, you know, how do I connect with my angels? And I know that um, you train people uh, to be, you know, angel readers, and this is the angel therapy practitioner course that um, you um, – did, did you actually help create that with your mom, or how did that all um, well, happen? Um, I was going to college. Originally, I thought I wanted to be a doctor because um, I knew I wanted to help people, but I had to, way too much shyness to ever believe that I was capable of doing what I do now. That's a whole other story. Um, but while I was going to college um, through my pre-med classes, I worked for my mother. So I don't want to say I had any direct involvement, but I was there in one form or another throughout the entire creation of the, of the class through, you know, when it we used to be called the Certified Spiritual Counselor class back when she worked with the American Institute of Hypnotherapy. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that's, um, that's how it all started. Yeah. You know, I, I, the, it was, I think 2005 is the first time I experienced your, um, your mother, Doreen Virtue, in person, and it was at a Hay House conference um, and it was in Las Vegas of all places. And I remember thinking, oh, I don't even like gambling. And I thought, why are they doing it in Las Vegas? And then I realized once I arrived, you know, Louise Hay was there, and that's when she launched her radio show program right there live at the conference. And I thought, she's beaming out the love, you know, bringing this consciousness, you know, to Las Vegas. And, you know, here we all were, and in order to even get to the class, you pretty much had to go through the casino and it was just it was this fascinating experience and then you know I, I signed up for your mother's class I, I did have a press pass and you know I was I, I was in and out of classes cheating you know I was supposed to sign up um, and you know instead I thought well they're never going to know they're not going to look that closely at my pass and so I that was the first time I experienced you know Esther and Jerry Hicks and you know uh, Greg Braden on and on and then I get to your mother's class and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm not leaving this. And, you know, it was just beautiful to see how um, she made it normal and natural. And, she, you know, she just, you know, and then she was the keynote closer. And we almost left because we had to get this flight. And um, I, I told my, my friend, I said, we're not leaving. We need to listen. And it was just, she just reached so many people. And, you know, and the one thing that I've never forgotten is she said, you just have to do it. You pull, you know, pull a card each and every day, and you will get a message. You just have to be open to getting that message. Yes, and it's one of those things where 
you know, it's it, people often struggle with the fact that it sounds too easy. It sounds ineffectual, but when you actually try it, I mean, I always say in my classes, I'm only I'm doing only half the work. I consider myself more the maestro as opposed to any sort of creator. I'm just literally orchestrating the the method, you know, the methods of going through and releasing blocks and opening up, and it's the angels that then take over from that point. And she's absolutely right. Um, you know, that each and every one of us has 100% access to these messages and these guidance. And if you, if you don't believe us, I mean, we at no point is any human uh, bestowed with the responsibility of proving the authenticity of the angels in heaven to another person. All we can do is share the examples of what we've experienced and what people we've worked with have experienced and, and offer people that opportunity to open up and heaven won't let you down. If you, if you have any questions, direct them to heaven and uh, you won't be disappointed. So Charles, um, for, for listeners who are saying, okay, I want to know more about angels, let's talk about you know, some of the, the different things and ways that you feel would be helpful for people to learn how to connect with their angels. Well, first, um, and, and again, I, 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 don't, I don't believe there's any ritual, and any teacher you ask will have a different answer to this question. I think we're all right in our own ways because it's all based on our experiences. Um, but my personal belief that the number one key to working with the angels is understanding why they want to work with us in the first place. Because it's, um, you know, I've heard all the criticisms and the skepticism and the, you know, the complaints about working with angels and people say, well, they're not our errand boys. They're not, you know, they're not meant to go out and just do things for us. And of course they're not. No one would ever imply that. But I can understand how just getting a surface, you know, experience of working with the angels can, can lead to that. And, what it really comes down to is that we're moving from an age of control and limitation, literally. Uh, we've moved out of the castles, but only by a few hundred years. And before that, for thousands of years, society depended on a level of control and a level of uh, accountability that wouldn't have otherwise existed without the promise of heaven and the threat of hell to, to keep people in line. And now we're moving to an age where it's safe more safe than it's ever been in human history to just completely develop our own unique relationship with God. And the purpose of the angels is to bring the voice of God to us to help us awaken first and foremost to the truth of our existence, which is that each and every one of us are meant to be happy. Now that's not meaning that we're meant to be super elated and giddy like it's our birthday and we're going to Chuck E. Cheese every day, but we're meant to have a sustained level of core fulfillment and an and, and essence of purpose in our life to the point where we wake up in the morning and we know why we're alive. We're meant for that. That's the purpose of life. We choose that when we come into our body. And heaven's job isn't to guide us anywhere new. They guide us according to our soul path. They help us awaken to what we've already decided on a soul level coming into this body. And working with the angels is one thing, but to make it purposeful, to really tune into the reason why this phenomenon exists, you have to first accept that heaven wants you to be happy. And once you cross that threshold and actually really allow yourself to believe that we are meant to live happy lives, that we are meant to live with purpose, it's at that point that we start asking the angels for signs and guidance to move us along that path, to give us the step-by-step. Because what the angels do, they don't live our lives for us. They don't give us perfect lives or invincible lives. What they do is they, they help us know the right timing, know the right things to say. Know, they, they just tune our energy in. They work with our natural intuition that all humans have. I mean, it's even documented in, in that, the, you know, the, um, I, was, I heard this last night. I can't remember exactly who said it. I think it was Bill Hicks, actually, who's a comedian who was really enlightened, who said something that... Um, you know, the most uh, provable and taken for granted uh, proof of human intuition is the fact that humans seem to always know when someone else is looking at them in a room. And they've even done blind tests where someone turns their back and, and the amount of accuracy that they've found, you know, is, is really opening people's eyes to the fact that, that, you know, we are energy and we are connected to and sensitive to energy. And that same natural sensitivity that each of us has can be used to guide us along our path, to, to guide us to doors that we couldn't even imagine would open for us. Right. And so um, talking with the angels is, you know, like I said, it's one thing, but I, I really feel that people will get more benefit in talking with the angels 
not just for entertainment, but for the sake of opening up to purpose and fulfillment. Which is really, you know, this is way before your time, but there was a song one time, all, when I, I, mean, I was a kid, so, and I remember, What's It All About, Alfie? What's it all about? What's it all about, Alfie? And it's like, <laughs> what is, what is, and it, and pardon my singing, <laughs> no making fun here, anyone. But, um, but it really sums it up. What is it all about? Why am I on planet Earth at this time? What is my soul level um, agreements for coming in or or what is the main thing I want to learn? And um, I think that's the life purpose. So many people um, are realizing that they're not here just to be, you know, like what their label is, so to speak. And, you know, like like listening to you, I thought, oh, my, he wanted to be a doctor in healing. And I started off as a nurse, you know, knowing as a young child that I wanted to help people in that way. But um, as I learned uh, once with working with someone that, you know, um, just had great insight, she said, you started off with Archangel, uh, you know, Raphael, the angel of healing. But you would never have reached your full soul's destiny if you had not stepped into Archangel Gabriel, the angel of communication. And she said, mm-hmm. and that is why you have a radio show, that is why you have a magazine, that is why you do all that you do. And I did 27 holistic conferences in, in St. Louis um, in 15 years. And, you know, and she said, you, 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 if you had just stayed with you, you would never have been able to promote all of these other healers at that level. So... So let's talk just a little bit about how we have a guardian angel um, and and what is a guardian angel, and then let's segue after that into the archangels, if if that would be okay. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, guardian angels are definitely more personal angels. Um, the archangels, I would say, would be you know they're the the omnipresent, um, you know, just the the purity of the voice of God. And they're like the air. The archangels are like the air. And the, the guardian angels are the angels that are just with us. And um, from what I've been taught and also what I've experienced, that each of us has no less than two. And those are with us from the time that we're born until the time we take our last breath. And, and these two guardian angels um, each have an individual role, one of which is the, the more pushing, um, just sort of giving us motivation, the one that gets us off the couch. And then the other one tends to be the more consoling, just being there for us in times where we need strength, where we need uh, companionship. And, and uh, so they serve, a, I would say, a more subconscious role in my experience. The guardian angels are always there, and their, their role tends to be a little less um, interactive compared to the archangels, and they're meant to just be our liaisons to heaven. And I, I really believe that they help us with our communication with the archangels as well. Well, I'm just going to read from an article that you have on your website, which is uh, charlesvirtue.com. It says, angels are the embodiment of God energy sent from heaven to be with us our entire lives. Before we are born, we set out a life plan for ourselves pertaining to the lessons we are meant to learn in life and on a soul level. The life plan is exactly what, where, and with whom we are meant to be. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so what I get with um if i may is you know part of what i was processing you know on the way on i I had appointments and i was in the car driving and i thought okay so you know my son's like you know questioning things and um you know he's just at that age and a lot of his friends have have parents who are divorced and so last night you know we had this very deep conversation and you know his father's absent at this point and um, you know, occasionally we'll, we'll be there, but he knows that he's really more absent than present. And I, and I thought, so what was this all about? You know, soul level wise, he chose me to be his mother. He chose him to be his father. And, and I thought, what was this all about? And, and my son's been, you know, raised like with a spiritual mother. <laughs> so, you know, but yet I had Catholicism as my background and, you know, loved the Latin mass showing my age here, loved the Latin Mass, loved, you know, um, the high holy days with the incense, loved the Jesuits that, you know, I used to go way out of my way to go to the Jesuit church, um, and my children caught it, oh, let's go to the Alleluia church, because, you know, the Jesuits are known for their their chanting and, and singing, and, you know, and it just, and, and I, that's how I learned to fast, you know, we we did not put a bite of food in our mouth until we had gone to Mass, 
And, you know, so all of that was in there. And, you know, today I laugh. I say I'll be found with mala prayer beads rather than a rosary. But that that helped me. And it was my mother marrying my stepfather and converting to, you know, the Catholicism. And, you know, so, so that was all there. And I thought, okay, so what's the deal with my son? Why did he choose us and a father that's not so present? And I thought, it's because of the Judaism. You know, his father was Jewish when I married him. And he's, you know, even though we practice every faith, he did do his bar mitzvah. It was his choice. And and I thought, you know, it's just so interesting how souls, you know, you like I love what you said here about before you even come to earth, there's a plan. Mm-hmm. And to choose parents who are so different, <laughs> and yet there was something that brought them together initially, it's really, it's just interesting. I mean, look what you got from both of your parents, and look at, you know, I look at my little Noah, and I think, he's, he's, he did the blueprint correctly, because now he'll understand much more, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. And the questions that people ask, I, I am so enthusiastic about. I highly encourage that. I, um, I often joke that, you know, skeptics are some of my, my favorite people to work with because they're thinking about stuff. And, and it's not to say that just adhering to something isn't thinking about it, but it's, it's responsible to think about stuff. And the more questions people ask about faith in general, uh, the more answers they inspire, therefore, the more um, applicable and the more open and the more transparent they help any belief system become. And, you know, again, I don't want this to be my, my moment to bash Catholicism, but I, w- I was always very disappointed in the fact that any time I had a question that wasn't considered traditional, that might have been considered, you know, challenging or controversial, there was no answer for me. I was met with discipline as opposed to clarity. And that was always something that never worked for me. And I, I always swore that if I was ever going to believe in something, it would, would be something that could be understood in three dimensions uh, from every angle. I know. I remember as a child asking, well, if God made us, who made God? And that nun put <laughs> me in the corner. You don't oh, yeah. ask questions like that. You know, it was just, you know, and it's interesting. Um, I have a friend who I have as a guest on my radio show, um, Beatrix Quintana, and she was talking, the, the, you know, the last time she was on my show about the whole deal with the new pope. And she says he's a maverick. You know, people don't know what to think because they're used to the pomp and circumstance and, you know, all the adulation. And here we have a pope who takes public transportation and is very available. And she said this is all part of, you know, what's happening, you know, astrologically, you know, with religion being processed up to the surface. And, you know, when my, my daughter was actually in Rome on Easter, she's living in Europe, um, this year, and she said, "Mom, his message." Um, and she understood it. She, she's uh, trilingual, you know, of course, English and then Spanish, and now she's mastering Italian. And she said she understood every single word that he said because he speaks slowly. And she said he basically said the world is pretty messed up right now. You know, let's just say it as it is. He said, but what we need right now is hope. And, you know, when he was inducted and he did the Hail Mary and the Our Father, I, I read a, um, a nun from St. Louis's take on that, and she said she had never, ever experienced anything like it with the Hail Mary and Our Father being spoken in every single language. I mean, he just picked the right things to bring us all together with that, you know, first announcing him. Well, I recall a couple of months ago reading an article on BBC where someone in the Vatican um, publicly stated that the, that the Catholic Church acknowledges that it's at least 200 years out of date. And everything that I see about this current pope um, is very consistent with his role even before becoming pope as far as not wanting the decadence and being connected to the people. And so the things that we saw as far as washing the feet of prisoners and, and you know, being there for the sick and everything like that, I really believe... Uh, is, you know, it's not only amazing, but I believe it's also deliberately um, the, the Catholic Church's way of really wanting to connect more to the people because they're just as aware as all of us of how many people are turning their backs on the regiment of, of something, you know, so strict. And so I, I give them complete 
complete praise for that, for for doing something so, you know, evolutionary uh, in the sense that, you know, everybody needs a relationship with God. That's the preachiest thing you'll ever hear me say, but I truly believe that. And however they find that, whether it be the church, whether it be, you know, spirituality, you know, or new age thought, whatever it is, it really, there is no one size fits all. I truly believe that we're all meant to have different ways, you know, but I just, the only problem I have with traditional religion is, when another religion feels that they have the right to tell you that you're worshiping God wrong or you're not performing a ritual that will welcome you into heaven and then judging you by that. That, I think, is one thing that churches could really serve the world by eliminating because it just does us no good. There's no point in being so strict about having a relationship with God. And if we could just wake up to that fact and realize that, you know, that's a contradiction of God, just to say that, that you can't in one paragraph say that God is all love, all forgiving, and all accepting, and then on the other page say, well, there are caveats to that. <laughs> right. Okay, so listeners, we're going to take a short break, and you're going to hear a song during this break, and then we'll be right back afterwards. And this song is called Cup of Peace by John Two Hawks. I met John Two Hawks, I it was like 2002 or 2003, and have been a sponsor of his music. Um, we've helped promote his music, you know, anywhere where John Two Hawks is, you know, we support him. And his new CD is in alignment with what Charles was just saying. It's called Beautiful World, and this song is Cup of Peace. He's been nominated for Grammys and, you know, all different kinds of stuff. And he says, do you like Inya, Bon Iver, Celtic Woman, the Eurythmics, Electric Light Music? Then you will love John Two Hawks' flute music and this one is a little bit different than his normal uh, music but uh, it has uh, symphonic arrangements and emotionally stirring compositions and colorful instrumentation and a lot of his music you don't hear voices but you know a lot of the songs on this new beautiful world cd actually you're hearing you know words as well as his um, flute music so we will listen to that and then we'll be right back but uh, i just want to give you his website www.johntwohawks.com here we go
Okay, so that was Cup of Peace by John Two Hawks. That was a more meditative piece, but you know, really take a take a look and um, you know, just this, he'll be doing a world uh, tour coming up, and um, so there you go. All right, so we are back with Charles Virtue, and um, on we go. And we will take questions. So if you do have a question, just uh, press one, and then uh, my producer will let me know, and we will bring you onto the air. So Charles, during our, our our musical pause, we were talking and just talking about what a fabulous uh, time we've landed in with uh, with you know even traditional religious people. It doesn't matter. People are saying they're more spiritual. You know, I was at a high tech internet prophets conference over the weekend and you know these speakers would come up there on stage and you know there were 300 people in this room and almost everybody knew these speakers and i'm like gosh i don't even know who this person is and then the next thing you know here's the speaker saying well you know i had this idea and um and now we have over two million followers you know threadless.com you know and i i'd heard of threadless but i didn't really know what it was and then this other speaker comes on the stage and um, you know, he made his first million, you know, by the time he was like, you know, barely out of diapers, it felt like. And all of a sudden he's talking about how he realized that, you know, yes, he had all of this money, but he didn't have a connection like bigger. And he, and he said he was at his um, stepfather's bedside when he was dying. And he went to his own death and said, what would they say about blah, blah, if I, if this were, you know, you know, my memorial service, it was kind of interesting. And he said my stepfather had raised me and he couldn't talk, but I knew that he was talking to me silently by saying, what are they going to say about you, Steve? And he said, and all of a sudden I realized they are going to say, you know, Steve, blah, blah, this um, very successful man, businessman, but not a wonderful father, not a good mentor and friend, not a good anything else. And he said it was life-changing that after that he devoted um, his the rest of his work to helping people recreate themselves. So with that in mind, helping people on the call today and all the people who will listen to this recorded interview and who will, you know, be studying with you as you as you continue, where where would you recommend that they start? And I know there's no classic, you know, answer to this, but just you know, what what where would you suggest someone start that wants to know more about the angels and be more spiritually connected to their life purpose? Well, for the sake of structure where it might not exist and just for the sake of having a hand to reach out and hold, I tend to default to just the, the literature that's out there. And, of course, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of my mother's books, um, like How to Hear Your Angels and um, Angels 101 and the Angel Therapy Guidebook, I think, are all phenomenal starting points. But I also like to acknowledge that there's many other authors, you know, very prominent authors out there talking about uh, you know, this connection to God through the angels. And uh, I, I, you know, I never like to say that you have to spend any sort of money, meaning buy a book, et cetera, to develop a connection with the angels. I mean, ultimately, you can develop that without anything, just by talking to the angels and waiting to to hear them. And you don't wait long, especially the more that you talk, the more that you pray. But if you do feel, feel like just having some sort of framework to guide you just to kind of give you the essence of what to understand, I do recommend a book. And, um, you know, I think that the best way to find one isn't to read reviews, isn't to go on Amazon and things like that, because everyone has, you know, just wildly varying opinions depending on what their expectations were of each piece of literature. I really think just going into a metaphysical bookstore, um, they seem to be everywhere, and just literally walking around and let your body guide you to the one that you're meant to buy. You can't buy the wrong one. They, those, those stores won't carry things that have bad energy. Um, the shop owners, I know a lot of them, and they're all very responsible with what they keep on their shelves. And So just let your body tell you. Find what you reach out to and make that, that small investment if you feel that you need to have that, um, you know, that framework, um, it can be really beneficial just to, to read the stories of what other people have been through, to hear, um, you know, what, whoever the author is, perspective on working with angels. And what you're ultimately going to find is that you're going to enjoy having that, in, that initial in, instruction, something to build a foundation. But over time, the more you find that you interact with angels, you are going to find yourself differing more and more from what other people are, are telling you as far as how to do it, and you're going to find that you 
you have more of a connection and more of that feeling of, uh, of confirmation when you practice it your own way, what is naturally, um, the way you're naturally inclined to pray and listen. Well, and you've created um, two different angel meditations. One is uh, angel meditations that has to do with cord cutting, higher energy meditation and decision making, and then another one, how to connect with your angels, a meditative exercise. And, you know, looking at the 11-11, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's right. Of course, the angel number book that your mother created. Yeah, you know, that reminds me, and this isn't to market my website or anything, but I've actually written up a free article that basically is the words of the how to, shoot, how to Connect with Your Angels meditation on my website. If you go to charlesvirtue.com and then click How to Connect with Your Angels or How to Hear Your Angels, I can't remember how I worded it, but you'll see it. Yes, it's How to, to Hear Your Angels, the and then there it is, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that literally gives you all the information that you need to know as far as connecting. So scratch what I said about buying money or spending money on a book. Just go to my, go to my website <laughs> and read it. It's there for free. Um, I wrote that up a few years ago because I, you know, of course my classes cost money, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of logistics and everything involved in that. And I'm the first person to tell people you do not need a class to connect with the angels. The class is merely offered for people who would like to have access to a compilation of experience and methods. And, you know, it's, it really does work for the people who are guided to come, but um, the idea of someone holding an angel class such as how I do it and my mother does it irritates you or bothers you then that means it's not meant for you and that's fine um, we hold it for the people who are guided to come and um, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, place to really you know when it, especially when it comes to opening your intuition for giving the readings you know and really connecting with the divine it's an opportunity to be in a space that would be difficult to create um, in normal circumstances where literally every person in there who you'll be working with um, is, is completely non-judgmental. No one's judging you. No one's expecting anything of you. And so I feel that one of the many benefits of taking a class is to have that chance that if you're ever going to push yourself past your comfort zone and really work to just let out um, yourself uh, in connecting with spirituality and getting the readings that we give and the different exercises that we go through, um, it is a real unique opportunity to do that in a completely safe environment where no one's judging you, no one's asking you why you're doing this, what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. So but there are benefits, but uh, as far as connecting with the angels, completely free. <laughs> right. Well, and you have a fascinating upcoming schedule. In September uh, through October, you're going to be in um, Abruzzo, Italy, <laughs> Master Angel yeah. Intensive Class. Then you're going to be in the U.K. Um, offering the uh, Angel Certification Program and the Mediumship Certification Class. That's in June of this year. So if you've been thinking about, you know, wanting to go to Europe, this you could tag in this class right there, you know, with your visit. You're going to be in Australia also um, in June and uh, in July. You're going to be in Canada in August. You'll be in uh, New Jersey uh, September 14th and 15th. You'll be in Colorado in July. And, of course, you're in the Midwest, and this is what I, I want to make sure um, we talk about, is you'll be in Kansas City, Kansas, which everyone knows that's from the Midwest, shall we say. When I say Kansas City, Kansas, it's Kansas City, Missouri. It's like right across this river. Um, so uh, it's in Overland Park, Kansas is where it's taking place, and this is May 17th through 19th. And this is actually a certification class where when you come out you are a certified angel um, practitioner so so and, and I know that one of the beautiful things that you offer is that you once someone has trained with you am I correct that there's a directory um, on on the website yours and uh, Doreen's where your mother's where people can find certified angel practitioners that you certified is, is this correct well, the listing is actually on my website, but there's a link to my homepage from her website. So indirectly, um, her website does link to that, but um, the listing itself is hosted completely on charlesvirtue.com. But yes, that is a part of the certification for those that, that are guided to sort of put themselves out there, you know, as a reader, as a healer, um, you know, whatever it is that they might have done even before going through the certification, um, as long as it obviously fits. Um, I you know, <laughs> wouldn't want like Al's Butcher and Angel Card reading um, on there, you know. And not not that there's anything against Al's Butcher shop, but um, you, you get what I'm saying. It's, it's totally for spiritual listing, saying. spiritual business. And so, um, 
Yeah, that's definitely a part of it for those who do uh, wish to be listed. And um, I promise everyone that in a, in a it probably it won't be for a while, but eventually the listing will be more interactive and beautiful. But for now, it's up there. And um, and I know that people are definitely getting um, clients from that because occasionally I'll have uh, someone write to me and say, "I'm going on vacation. Can you please take me down temporarily?" So. How funny! <laughs> um, that's but perfect. that's not really the main the main point of, of taking the class. I mean, really the main point is just um, going through all the processes that when, once you leave that class, you'll have experienced every aspect of being a professional reader. And that may be hard to believe in three days, but it's not as complex as people think. And um, just that, again, that, you know, having that opportunity to push yourself past your comfort zone. And um, that's not to say the class is uncomfortable, but, you know, it, it can sometimes be a little scary to, you know, give your first reading or really try to open up like that. And what, what uh, my mother has always said and what I've uh, found to be completely true, so I echo her message, is that literally every human is capable of this. The reason why the angels are working with us through the cards and through our own intuition to give us the gift of giving readings to other people. It's not for entertainment. It's not to impress people. It's to help people find their, their path. It's to help people um, learn what their next step is, learn what changes they need to make in their lives. I mean, heaven wants the world to change. Heaven is waking up the entire planet. And one of the best ways to help us to get guidance from heaven, if we haven't yet developed that relationship on our, on our own, is to have other people connect with the angels on our behalf. And what we learn through the certification process is that every time we work with a client, we help the client understand how we're doing this. Because ultimately, your job as a reader is not to have hundreds of people dependent on you. It's to have the, in your heart that every single person that you work with, that you can help to a point where you hope that eventually they themselves can develop their own connection with their angels so strong that they feel the guidance to help other people open and awake. And the way that that'll spread throughout the world, it's not like the spreading of a religion. It's just the spreading of the truth of the freedom that we have to worship God and the, the fact that we are meant to be happy. And as that spreads throughout the planet, it's pretty amazing, um, all the different effects that come of it. And I, I truly believe that what's going on right now is we're waking up to peace and anybody that I know that I've ever worked with that feels on their path, that feels purpose in their life, they're not comparing their lives to other people. They're not going around with jealousy and, and you know, all those things that, uh, you know, cause so much conflict in, in human existence. They're, they're happy for the people around them and they're happy for themselves and they're just spreading that energy. And so it's, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible what the angels are doing here. Well, and I really like how you um, taught that it's, it's not, you know, attracting clients for lifetimes. It's empowering so that we, you know, as we all develop and evolve and surrender and just really, you know, are willing. I think that's the, the biggest word is the willingness to um, to embrace something, you know, that that is there for us. And, and it's not necessarily a way we were taught, but just being, you know, like even your mother saying, you deserve to be happy. You know, this is, this is what this is all about because as we each one become more illumined, as you were talking, you know, speaking about this, this increasing our energy field, increasing, increasing our happiness and joy vibration, we affect everyone that we come in contact with. And that's how, you know, when you were describing, you can sense someone looking at you and you turn around and you think, well, I'm feeling that. You know, I feel like someone's looking at me. And it's not that you have eyes in the back of your head. It's just once you're energetically tuned in, you're just much more aware. Absolutely, yeah. And I like that you said that we, you know, when we're working in that higher energy, we affect people even indirectly. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who come to my classes who have no intention of becoming full-time readers and healers. They just want to really, you know, fast-track their their awakening in their their relationship with the angels in the way that you know is read about and talked about so much and um it's pretty amazing all the stories that i constantly hear about um just by being in, in a place in any moment and resonating with that higher energy you're having a, a, a tangible and noticeable influence on those around you you know, and I want to give the um, the website for the um, you can go to you can go to charlesvirtue.com and he has everything on his calendar of events. But if you want to go directly to um, the person handling the details and registration, it's Inlight Events, which is www. 
I-N-Light-Events.com. And, you know, these are some of the things uh, that you will hear about during uh, this class. And Charles already said, you know, like the main purpose is self-healing and skill building. And um, you'll learn how to receive and understand angel messages for yourself and for clients. You'll work with uh, the power of the major archangels. You'll learn chakra clearing and other clearing and healing meditations. You'll learn them on manifestation, which is one of your strengths from what I've um, what I've read. And you know, you'll, you'll learn cord cutting, basic mediumship, understanding the angel signs. Um, I could go on and on, but this is like this is why in you know two and a half days you're like immersed in it beyond you know totally in this environment and by the end of it you're comfortable um you know with with just demonstrating you know your your ability to connect with the angels shall we say yeah (laughs) it's a very busy three days definitely (laughs) (laughs) you know so let's let's talk about you know just if you would just you know share a couple of uh, poignant moments where you're just like, oh my gosh, here's a miracle right in front of my eyes where, you know, without naming names, you know, we both know, you know, that we all as, you know, teachers, et cetera, see these moments where you're just like, this is life transforming right here in this moment. Oh, I think I see it every week, every weekend that I teach my class. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I just had something real subtle happen the other day um, when I was flying back from Ireland to, New- to the east coast of uh, the U.S. And, uh, I, you know, I, I still cope with my humanity, a fear of flying. <laughs> and you know, I fly a lot. And I wouldn't say it's the most comfortable setting that I could possibly be on, but I pray every single time I get into a flight. And I've had some pretty miraculous things happen where, you know, I've really, like, done some hard praying, real firm praying with the angels and had turbulence go away. But this was real meaningful to me that when when we took off from Dublin Airport, it was a really windy day. And uh, so naturally, you know, on the takeoff, you're going to get a lot of bumping around. And we got above the clouds, and it was just real shaky. And so I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm not going into fear, angels, I just know this is going to be a fine flight. Everything's going to go perfect. And thank you, angels. And I just put it out there. And then I looked out my window, and reflecting off of the plane where the sun was hitting the plane, it made this circle rainbow that just rode along with us along the clouds. And I could see it until we were probably past 20,000 feet. And it was just so amazing to look down. I fly, I've so many miles collected. I've flown so many places and never have I seen anything like that. And it was just so incredible because I was flying by myself, which I usually don't do. And um, just to have them give me such a, a blatant cue of, look, we're, we're surrounding you just like you visioned. And you could see all the colors. You could see Michael. You could see, you know, the yellow for Uriel. You could see the green for Raphael. It was just so incredible to see that. And so um, that meant a lot to me. It's almost like angel wings were all around you, just encompassing the plane, like a rainbow Definitely. of angels. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, and, and that's, I think that's one of the, the greatest gifts is knowing you're never alone, knowing that, you know, and, I, and I, I love how you said we have two guardian angels. We can definitely have more, but we have no less than two. So which archangel do you think is the busiest right now? I know they're all busy, but, but you know. Definitely Michael. Okay, that's what I, I yeah, yeah, he's the one who seems to be called on the most because Archangel Michael, St. Michael, is known by the Catholic Church. Um, Archangel Michael is definitely the archangel whose, whose job it is to help eliminate fear from the world, which is part of what's going on, which is part of why we're human in the first place, is to, to, to cope with mortality, to cope with morality, and at the same time still be able to, to hold that loving and divine space, not only for each other, but for ourselves and, you know, all in, in our connection to heaven and God. I, I think that we're, we're, we're going to remain humans and keep reincarnating into humans until we evolve past this point. And I think that humanity's purpose is the exchange of karma and the, the lessons that we're meant to learn, you know, on a soul level. And, um, I think right now it's pretty clear, no matter what belief system you subscribe to, that the world is changing beyond a doubt. And one of the most uh, evident pieces of evidence that I have for that is that everywhere you look around the world, people are waking up to the fact that they're just not happy with the status quo. They're just not happy with their governments. 
they're not happy with certain regimes, they're not happy with certain things. I mean, you've got the Arab Spring happening. And I know revolutions and the overthrowing and these things have always been present in human history. But when you really look around the world, I mean, even the shootings and things that happen, yeah. I, 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 what you're experiencing is the world is waking up and saying, this doesn't work for me anymore. And, and we have to realize that it's not as if we're rebelling against something, you know, precious or something sacred. The earth is not a, a master plan in action. It's not. This is just a relative state of being. There's no, there's no continuity. There's nothing logical happening. We're all just reacting to every single day that we experience. And, um, and so many people are realizing that there's too much control. There's not enough connection. There's too much isolation. There's too much love for materialism and, and all of this. And people are expressing it in all sorts of different ways. Unfortunately, some people are, are going way deep down into fear and negativity and ego and deciding to hurt other people to express their, their dismay for the way society is. And, and then other people we call the light workers are choosing to turn their passion for their desire for change into the fuel that allows them the energy to work with other people on a daily basis, to do readings, to do healings, to, to pray for people, to pray for situations, and just constantly be a source of light in a world where we all know it's very easy to go the other way, um, you know, bombarded with media tactics and this and that. And it'd be so, it's so easy to become overwhelmed with the negativity in this world, and so lightworkers should be praised for being that source of light, holding that place on this planet and, and allowing other people in a human-to-human -human relationship to have access to that light of heaven that they've called within themselves. I mean, that's the essence of what a light worker is. And so when you see all of these things, the shootings, the bombings, everything that's happening around the world, we shouldn't go into negativity and fear. We should take this as confirmation and evidence, clear evidence that the world's waking up. And unless there can be more people out there offering answers and more people relating on a peer-to-peer -peer level um, with others around them, um, you know, I don't even want to go into what would happen if we didn't do that. I think that, that we just need to realize that we have a clear mission in this world right now as lightworkers, and that's to spread the light directly or indirectly, but in, in whatever way we are capable of, whatever naturally resonates with us. And... Um, the more we can do that, I really believe the more people can express their, their need and desire for change in more positive ways. So listeners, listen to these wise, wise words. I mean, we, you know, we're in a technology renaissance right now with the Internet. And, you know, it wasn't until 1994 that emails really came to be. And, you know, so, so you know, Facebook and, and all of the different social media, it's, you know, the younger generation has grown up with it. And it's more important than ever to not get caught up in, in the drama you know, and, and the darkness that has been played out. It's like, you know, when you're a light worker, there's a big responsibility to keep your vibration high no matter what is happening. It's like the, the calmness and the stillness in the midst of craziness, shall we say. So that's the angels are helping us with this. And, you know, Archangel Michael, if you don't, if, if you're not familiar with Archangel Michael, um, he's the one that's normally shown with the big, huge sword that just literally cuts through you know, well, you could t talk just a little bit about, we only have a couple more minutes, but just, you know, Archangel Gabriel, or I don't know why I'm hearing Gabriel, I meant to say Michael, but Gabriel <laughs> came through. <laughs> well, Gabriel came to Mother Mary to tell of the coming of Christ and also appeared to Muhammad to inspire the Quran. So Gabriel is definitely a gateway angel that we could probably help bring some equality in this world if we all realized that we're all pretty much similar in our relationships <laughs> with God. But that aside... Um, Archangel Michael is definitely shown and has been known as the one who defeated Satan, um, which I believe is metaphor for triumph over what Satan is. And that's, that's ego, that's comparison, and that's, that's being completely immersed in yourself. And that sword is, has been shown and seen as a sword of light. It's just meant to release us from the, from the ego and the anger and the negativity of the world um, and to just help us find positivity in, in any given situation, even if the circumstances seem completely undesirable. So you were a natural teacher. You were wonderful, by the way. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if people tell you enough, so I'm telling you, you know, for someone who started off shy, you have found your, your, um, your 
neurotransmitter pathway, shall we say, to the world. Well, I it, mean, it, it helps to believe in what you're talking about, definitely. Oh, yeah, well, I <laughs> can hear your passion. Short, it's not about me anymore, and that's uh, what I learned. It, yeah. My, my purpose is, means more to me than my fears. 